Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And good evening, um, colleagues. Good evening, friends. And welcome to the Health, Literacy, and Psychosocial Support Session facilitated by SAOPA. SAOPA is a non-profit making organization for the prevention of transmission of HIV and AIDS. I think as, all, as, as, as we know, SAOPA delivers the following uh, programs, one on healthy youth development, one on health, literacy, and psychosocial support. And the last one is on empowerment, skill development, and training. Objective of focus area number two, that is the one on health, literacy, and psychosocial support, um, are to improve the general knowledge and understanding of chronic healthy lifestyles, to enhance the coping mechanisms and mental health of all people, including young people who are on chronic medications, family caregivers, and community health workers. Today, we are privileged, ladies and gentlemen, to have in our midst a speaker who has, who's very much dedicated and passionate about, she is a health a practitioner who's dedicated and very, very passionate with a keen interest in holistic wellness. She has a wealth of experience in healthcare, both in the public as well as the private sector. She's currently responsible for the HIV and AIDS management and wellness programs, including the management of modern ailments such as TB, diabetes, high blood pressure, and cholesterol, customized to clients' needs on behalf of LifeWorks Healthcare. She is also a panelist of the Independent Tribunal for Social Assistance Appeals, a member of HPCSA professional uh, a committee, as well as, a, as well as a member of the Assistance Professional Association. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we are privileged today, as I've already alluded to, to have in our midst Dr. Nuluazi Putuka, who's going to be our guest speaker today to address us on, on, on disease and adherence to treatment. A round of applause to Dr. Nuluazi. Dr. Nuluazi, over to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you so much, Cynthia, and good evening to everyone who has joined us this evening. I'm actually very passionate about today's topic, which is chronic illnesses and adherence treatment. The reason being, you know, there is so much you can do to look after yourself. I believe there isn't any disease that cannot be controlled with lifestyle modification and medication. So, can I ask you, Patrick, to please share the slides? Sure. Okay. There we go. Uh, let's take that one down. And that's your first slide. Are you okay there? A slide, yes. You can, that's, you can okay. go to the second slide. Thank you. Okay. Uh, do you want to go to the next slide? There we go. Yes, please. Okay, awesome. Thank you. So for, for today's presentation, this is the overview. I'm going to define what a chronic illness is. We'll go through risk behaviors of chronic illnesses. Uh, we'll also talk about characteristics of chronic illnesses, um, common chronic illnesses, common stresses of chronic illnesses, and the demands of chronic illnesses. And we'll also just share on ways to cope with chronic illnesses. After dealing with chronic illnesses, we'll then move on to adherence. Can I have the next slide, please? Okay, what is a chronic illness? A chronic illness is a long-term health condition that may or may not have a cure. By this, what do we mean? For example, let's look at tuberculosis. Tuberculosis is a chronic illness, but tuberculosis can be cured. However, another example could be HIV AIDS, which is also a chronic illness, but that one cannot be cured. And uh, another definition to chronic illness is chronic illness is 
a disease of slow progression. It may take months to years, as opposed to an acute illness, which usually takes a few days or you know, up to weeks. For example, your influenza, your headache. So these are illnesses that can be cured. However, um, chronic illnesses are of slow progression. You may not even know that you have the disease. Let's look at, for example, HIV AIDS. People, if you don't go for a health check, a screening, you might not even know. You may live with HIV for up to five, 10 years not knowing. And then another feature of chronic illnesses is that it requires ongoing medical attention. By this, what do we mean? You need to be checked up, be it monthly, or if you are well controlled, we may end up even saying, come to the clinic every two months, every four months, or every six months. And then finally, another feature of chronic illnesses is that it may limit activities of daily living. What, what do I mean by this? This is now looking at um, examples such as epilepsy. When you have epilepsy, which is a chronic illness, if you don't take your treatment and you are not well controlled, you may have fits. And if you have fits, you cannot drive you cannot um, you cannot drive and you cannot um, you know hold a, a position a work position you might be discriminated against but if you understand the condition and you take your medication you will know that it's important to take your treatment can you have the next slide please awesome okay so chronic illnesses can be categorized into two groups. They may be non-communicable, which means non-infectious. They cannot be transmitted amongst people. If I sit next to a person who has the condition, they will not give it to me. What happened? The slides? Okay, awesome. Thank you. Sorry. No worries. Okay. Um, but, um, so we we're saying, for example, hypertension. If Nolwazi has hypertension and she is sitting next to someone who has hypertension, I will not transmit it to that person. That's the easy explanation of non-communicable. And examples of those kind of diseases include your heart diseases, it includes your diabetes, it includes your multiple sclerosis, it includes conditions like epilepsy, which I mentioned before as well. And then another category of um, chronic illnesses that we have is your communicable diseases. These are diseases that can be transmitted in between people, communities. Um, if you sit next to a person who is ill, if it's transmitted via droplet spread or airborne, you can get it. Example is your tuberculosis, and for example, HIV AIDS, which is transmitted through uh, body fluids, you will be transmitted, it can be transmitted sexually, it can be transmitted via the breast milk, and it can be transmitted uh, during the um, birth giving pro process. So another example is also your hepatitis, Another commonly known example of a communicable disease, but that one is acute, is uh, COVID, which we are dealing with now as a country. Okay, awesome. So moving on to the next slide, please. Okay. Okay. Um, just... I put in this slide just to make you aware that chronic conditions in South Africa are amongst the leading causes of death. Hence the program, you know, to support patients, to support family caregivers, and to support community caregivers on how to best work together, you know, in dealing with this, in, in helping patients understand the condition, in helping patients stick to taking their treatment as prescribed. So this is just to show you that um, amongst the leading causes of death, 
tuberculosis is number one. And if, if, if I mentioned previously, I don't know if you heard me, I mentioned that tuberculosis, although it's a chronic disease, it is curable. So you see, as a country, we are actually failing our patients if we still have death as a result of TB. Patients need to understand the importance of taking treatment, the importance of follow-up, and the importance of asking questions if they don't understand. Oh, can we go back to okay? Can we go back to that slide on Oops. the chronic conditions? Ah, I'm lost. Oh my word. Okay, anyway, it's fine. Let's oh, just oh. find out from our audience if we have. Can I just find out from the audience if we have anyone who is a patient? Can I just see with the thumbs up or you know raising your hand just to see if we have any patients in the in the group? Okay, you you have uh, you have a, a uh, reactions button at the bottom of your screen the reactions and you can either okay. do a little you can either clap hands you can put a little hand up that claps or you can put a thumbs up uh let's say that's a yes so everybody that answers yes to this question uh will give us a thumbs up can you do that for us please everybody that's in the meeting Everybody in the meeting, at the bottom of your screen, there is a button. Oh, there we go. Thongi, you got it. Yay! Thongi's got it. Right. Okay. Anybody else? <laughs> oh, yes. And we got Mabunsi. Mabunsi's clapping. Very good. Everybody else? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to maybe just, I'll do mine, and I'm going to do something different. Let's see what can I do. I'm going to put a little heart there. Okay. Can you see my little heart? Okay, here we go. Yes, 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 I see it. Awesome. Zumbu. Hey, we got I, Zumbu uh, here. I just saw a question on the chat. Someone asking, where does bipolar fall in? It falls in under chronic condition. Wow. So if you have bipolar, please also raise a hand. Anyone with bi bipolar, raise your hand. If you don't have bipolar, maybe you can just give us a, a thumbs down. Okay. All right. Awesome. Uh, so we have quite a few. Do we have quite a few patients? I mean, quite a few of our listeners or viewers who are patients. Okay. Awesome. Now, can um, is there anyone in this group who is a family member of someone who is who has chronic disease, rather, or someone who is taking chronic medication? I am. <laughs> I am. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Okay. Anybody else? Um. I think that okay. they, they can't find, maybe they can't find the reactions button. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, I see, I see G4 to everyone says I am wonderful. So we have, okay, also Tongi, thank you so much. Oh, so we okay. have loved ones who have chronic diseases. Awesome. So we are a good support group. Well and done. now we have anyone who is a community health Waker joining us today, this evening. You can use the chat group. Mm -hmm. You can use the chat group to, to type in a, um, a yes, message to everyone. Okay. All right, then we'll get back to, to that. Without wasting any further time, we can go back to the slides, please. Okay. <clears throat> okay, then... so this slide, I just wanted to, to show everyone that 
Chronic diseases are a leading cause of death in South Africa. You can see tuberculosis is, is leading diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, other forms of disease, of, cardio, of heart disease, HIV disease also, hypertension, influenza and pneumonia, ischemic heart disease, uh, your influenza and pneumonia are your acute diseases, not chronic. Remember we said anything that can be treated and that lasts uh, a few days to maybe two or three weeks falls under acute diseases. So influenza and pneumonia are, I mean, are also there causing this death in, 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 in South Africa. Ischemic heart disease also fall, forms part of the chronic diseases Chronic lower respiratory disease, it may either be uh, acute or chronic, malignant neoplasms of the digest. So we can see from this slide that most conditions that cause death are chronic conditions. Thank you. Can we move to the next slide, please? Okay, now we're going to talk about risk behaviors. Um, Patrick, can I ask you to please move it? I don't see the... Oh, okay, let me see what I, I was wondering what was going on there. Uh, okay, no, I'll, I'll just have to stop sharing first and then go okay. back and see if I can find out why it's doing that. Okay, the... Okay, hang on. Uh, one. I'm yes, Mama, unmuted. Oh, oh, Mama, Hello. Hello. I'm I'm battling to to get the 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 text to move. Okay. Let me see if I can share it from my side. Okay. from my side. Okay, let's go to the slide. Okay, okay. now let's talk about, yes, let's talk okay. about risk behaviors of chronic illnesses. Before we do, can I just ask, I think it's, it will be nice if we make this sort of interactive. Is there anyone in the group who smokes or who is a passive smoker? Can I just see... The reactions. Let's see. Are you seeing anything from your side, Patrick? Yes, I'm seeing your screen. I'm seeing your screen, and it, it looks okay from your end. Uh, are you sharing? Okay. You, you're sharing at the moment, right? Yes, I'm sharing at the moment. Okay, so if you want to see everybody else's picture, you're going to have to stop the share. See? That's okay, no, I just wanted. To... Okay, all right. There we go. So if, want to, so if you want to see any reactions now, you can see everybody's pictures. Do we have any smokers in the group? Any smokers? Awesome. Wow. We're talking to a very, wow. Very healthy group. A very healthy group indeed. <laughs> Do we have any passive smokers? Are there people at work who smoke? Uh, family members who smoke? None, wonderful. None, none. Awesome. So amongst the, let me go back to sharing the screen now. Amongst the leading causes of um, risk factors for chronic diseases is um, tobacco. Tobacco use as well as secondhand smoke. Smoking leads to disease and disability and harms nearly every organ in the body. I'm actually glad no one in the group smokes. And we know that it's important to, to not smoke and, uh, and that secondhand smoke is also harmful to the human being. Smoking causes cancer, it causes heart disease, 
it causes stroke, it causes lung diseases, diabetes, and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. It also causes, um, it increases your risk for tuberculosis. And we, we saw from the previous slide that tuberculosis is among the leading causes of death in South Africa. So it's ideal that people quit smoking if they do smoke. And if we have people who are not yet smoking, that we inform them of the dangers of smoking and, and, and encourage those who are smoking to quit smoking and to also avoid secondhand smoke. Uh, secondhand smoke also contributes towards death of patients, adults and young ones. We know of um, diseases of the newborn, whereby kids are born with um, underweight and um, they cannot, um, some of them you find that they are born with lungs that are compromised because the mom smoked. So ideally, if we were to encourage people to stop smoking, to avoid secondhand um, smoke exposure, and to not start smoking if they are not yet smoking. Okay, and then I just want to share, I'll go back to the slide, Let me move to the other slide, okay. I just want to show you an image of, um, of uh, the effects of smoking. That it can, it, it can cause an cancer almost anywhere in the body. You know, it can cause cancer, cancer of the esophagus, cancer of the lungs, cancer of the stomach, cancer of the pancreas, urinary bladder. It, it's not only limited to the airway um, conditions. It also affects other areas of the body. Go back to the slide. Now coming to pro-nutrition uh, diets, low in fruits and vegetables and high in sodium and saturated fats. Sorry. It's disturbing me. Okay, so I was saying. Uh, you, you'll have to run the show. You have to click your play. Okay. There. there we go. Okay. Run it. And All right. Okay. Awesome. I just wanted to show you the slide. I'm saying um, pro-nutrition also is a risk behavior of chronic illnesses. Pro-nutrition can impair our daily health and well-being and reduce our ability to lead enjoyable and active life. In the short term, poor nutrition can contribute to stress, tiredness, and our capacity to work. And over time, it can contribute to the risk of developing some illnesses and other health problems such as being overweight or obese, tooth decay. It can also contribute towards high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart disease and stroke, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, some cancers, depression, and also eating disorders. For example, if a patient is taking high sodium in their food, it can predispose them to high blood pressure. If a patient is taking a diet that is high in sugar, they may be predisposed to diabetes. Also, if a patient is taking a diet that is high in fats, they may be predisposed to cardiac diseases, you know, your heart disease, your atherosclerosis, your myocardial infarction, and even um, hypertension as well. Thank you. We can go to the next point now. Lack of physical activity as a risk factor to um, chronic illnesses. Regular physical activity is proven to help prevent and manage non-communicable diseases such as heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and several cancers. It also helps prevent hypertension, maintain healthy body weight, and can improve mental health, the quality of life and well-being. So we will hear more about nutrition and physical activity 
from our fitness and nutrition specialist in the coming days of the program. And now, the last risk factor to be discussed is um, excessive alcohol use. Long-term health risks are associated with uh, excessive alcohol use. Over time, excessive alcohol can lead to the development of chronic diseases and other serious problems, including high blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, liver disease, and digestive prob problems, cancer of the breast as well, cancer of the mouth, the throat, esophagus, the liver, the colon, and the rectum. Organs to be known to be damaged by long-term alcohol use include the brain. Let me go to the it includes the brain, it includes the, the heart, the nervous system, the liver, the pancreas. And um, heavy drinking can also increase your blood pressure and blood cholesterol levels, both of which are major risk factors for heart attacks and strokes. Just wanna go back. Okay, next slide. So we've seen from the previous uh, slides that alcohol, smoking, lack of physical activity, and poor nutrition are actually responsible for a number of chronic illnesses. Now we're going to move on to the characteristics of chronic illnesses. Chronic illness, a chronic illness is a disease with a significant impact on lifestyle. For example, we will talk about multiple sclerosis. What is multiple sclerosis? Multiple sclerosis is a disease in which the immune system eats away at the protective covering of the nerves, resulting in nerve damage. This disrupts the communication between the brain and the body and this significantly impairs on a patient's lifestyle. You can imagine living with um, vision loss. You can imagine pain, having fatigue, impaired coordination. I mean, and, 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 but however, these conditions vary from person to person. Some may be symptom-free for most of their lives, while others can have severe chronic symptoms that may never go away. Another characteristic of, um, of um, chronic illnesses is a significant impairment on longevity. For example, let's talk about AIDS. We know that AIDS will affect your immune system. And if, if you are HIV positive and you're not taking your treatment well, you are not compliant, you are not leading a healthy lifestyle, you may progress to AIDS which may limit your time on earth, unfortunately. And also, um, cancers are also significantly impair on longevity. Okay, going now on to another characteristic, it's the chronic conditions can incur high costs. For example, let's look at someone who has extensive bends. If you have extensive bends, you need to go to the clinic almost every day for daily dressings. If it's severe, you may also need to be admitted in hospital. You may need to be treated with drips and even surgery. So that you can see that this will have a high cost in the health system. And finally, uh, it, a, a chronic condition can cause significant and permanent residual morbidity for example, as someone who has lost eyes, both eyes who cannot see, they cannot do activities of daily living. Someone who has lost limbs, they cannot walk, so activities of daily living will be impaired. <clears throat> Can you just go back to being, uh, to asking other questions as well? Can I just see everyone? Okay, can I ask you a question? Whom of 
you who are patients have ever left uh, a clinic or a doctor's room without really understanding a condition. Can I just see by a show of hands? Uh, could you maybe uh, stop the share for for us for a moment or two? Uh, okay. Okay. There we go. Okay. I, maybe I can start sharing for you again from here onwards if if you'd like that. I'm I'm sitting on char yes, characteristics at the moment. Is that good with you? Yes. 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 Okay. Then let let's ask that question again. Okay. Um. Have you ever left a clinic or a doctor's room without understanding your medical condition? If you are a patient, or do you know of any patients? Maybe if we don't have patients, do you know of any patients who have left a room without understanding the condition? Okay, I'm one well, of them. I have, <laughs> yeah, I've also <laughs> I've also had patients who. For example, if I see a patient for the first time and I ask if they say they are hypertensive and I ask them, what are you taking for hypertension? They don't know. What is, how much is your blood pressure? If, for example, the sister has taken their BP, I don't know. Do you know the normal blood pressure? I don't know. So I think it's important for us as family members or healthcare workers to inform our patients that they have a right to ask the doctor, to ask the, the treating sister about the condition they need to understand the condition they need to know the medication they're taking and why they are taking that medication so can we can i think i don't see anyone else can i maybe help you with this um nolwazi uh, I, uh, I can i just address everybody what nolwazi is asking for that she was like you to to interact with her she'd like you to to react and and show what your what your answer is to a question so for instance she is asked now has anybody gone to a doctor and not understood the what what diagnosis was made and walked out being none the wiser so in, in at the bottom of your screen at the bottom of your screen you'll see there is a, a little button with a face with a smiley face and a little cross on top of it and the word underneath the smiley face is reactions. Does everybody see that? There's a little smiley face at the bottom of your screen. If you're on a on a on a cell phone or on anything else, there's a there's a little button. Now, if you have experienced that, then if you click that button, you'll see a whole bunch of various little uh, uh, pictures come up. And if if you agree with what she says then you let's say you put a thumbs up and then you put a thumbs up like you see the thumbs up going on my on my uh, um do the same on your picture doctor there we go you see the doctor has put it up there okay let's see mabunzi can you give us a can you give us a thumbs up please and thongi give us a thumbs up please Yeah, ah, there we go. You. Galaxy 18, Bongi's up with oh, she's got two hands. Okay, Mabunzi, can you give us one? And then I see we even got Mzumbo over there. Zumbu, come on, give us a thumbs up, brother. Awesome, awesome. Awesome, right. Oh, cool. There we go. Okay, so that's the kind of reaction that um Dr. Nulwazi is, is is looking for from us to help her because what she does is she asks the question and then by the answers we give her, our response tells her whether she's actually getting through to us or whether it's really a problem for her own statistics, for her own mind, so that according to those answers that she gives, that would then direct the direction of which she takes her, her talk a little bit further. And uh, it just helps her to stay in touch with each one of us. Does everyone understand mm -hmm. that? Okay, give me a thumbs up if you understand what I said. Everybody gives us, ah, there we go, Nolwazi gives us one. Ah, oh, thanks, Nzumbu. Thank you, Nzumbu. And who else? What about Galaxy A10? What about Cynthia? Cynthia, can you give us a thumbs up there, girl? Ah, oh, good. Awesome. Okay, awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Okay.
Thank you so much. Now we can we can go back to yeah, I'm looking at the time now, so we can go back to the screen sharing. Okay. And we are up here. Let's have a look here. Let's get we can go on. Yeah, we okay. can go on. Uh, it's not that one, not that one, not that one, not that one. Not this one. Yes, yes, this one, the chronic. Um, the, the previous one. The, the, the common chronic condition. Yes. There we are. Okay. Chronic. Is that the one? No, no, no. Back. Please go back two, three more slides. Okay, previous. Previous again. Previous again. Previous. Still oh, previous. Oh my previous. God. Ah, good. Oh, yes. Okay, now we the common chronic illnesses that we are going to cover in detail are the following: cardiovascular disease, strokes, HIV and AIDS, and cancers. Because these are chronic conditions that cause deaths in South Africa and that are very common. So next week we are going going to go into detail with cardiovascular disease. We are going to discuss hypertension, which is part of cardiovascular diseases. We are going to discuss heart attack, which is killing. Uh, and it's very common in the males in South Africa. Our present stats will also discuss myocardial infarction. We will discuss atherosclerosis. We'll discuss ways of preventing yourself from getting those diseases. And then a, um, strokes. Strokes are also very common. We'll discuss the two types of strokes, which are your hemorrhagic and non-hemorrhagic stroke in detail as well. And then we'll do HIV AIDS and cancers. Can I have the next slide, please? Awesome. So what are the most common stresses of chronic illnesses? I mean, living with the physical effects of the illness, having to deal with an illness that you know that it's not going to go away will definitely stress you. Hence, being physically active will also help you deal with stress. And another stress to of chronic illnesses is dealing with treatment. For example, there are, there are conditions whereby a patient has a high pill burden. TB, for example, if it's not your uncomplicated TB, which is treated for six months with up to four drugs, you may have uh, complicated TB, which can be treated with up, up to even eight drugs, I mean, 18 drugs. So you can imagine having to deal with such a, a high pill burden and not having a support system. So fortunately, we as Saopa are actually saying we are here to give support to those who have chronic illnesses. We will make them aware what conditions they have and also guide them as to why they should take their treatment. And another stressor to chronic illnesses is making sure that there is clear communication with health healthcare practitioners. I mean, if a patient doesn't understand the, the language that is being used, they have a right to tell the treating practitioner that I do not understand. Can you please have someone explain this to me in my own language? This will definitely help the patient. And it's also important to maintain emotional balance, to cope with negative feelings. You can imagine being diagnosed with HIV and knowing that you are going to, 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 to have to face stigma for the rest of your life and knowing that you have to be on medication for the rest of your life. Should you take medication, there will be um, complications. You may end up having resistance. You may even end up dying. And also you need to maintain self-image and a positive self-image. How does this come in? We will hear more about the body, mind, and soul connection from our other speakers, and also the importance of eating healthy and exercising. Next slide, please. What are the additional demands of chronic illnesses? We just, I just asked now if um, we've had patients who have left the clinic not understanding that condition. You can imagine if you are told that you have high blood pressure and you have no idea what high blood pressure is. So it's important to know that high blood pressure is when your blood pressure is above 140 over 90. 
and you know that if I eat salt-containing food, it will also increase my blood um, pressure. But if you don't know that eating a high salt-containing diet will increase your blood pressure, you won't understand. If you don't know that uh, a blood pressure that is above 140 over 90 is not right, you would not understand and you would not be able to take care of yourself. But if you know what high blood pressure is, what the medication does to you and, and, and the importance of eating a healthy balanced diet that is low in sodium, low in saturation fat, you, you can imagine that you have control over your condition. And the other important thing is knowing about treatment and therapy. This goes back to saying, do I know why I'm taking Redux? Is it going to drop my blood pressure or is it just going to make me go to the toilet? Is it just going to make me weak? Is it just a diuretic? Or does it have an effect on my blood pressure by, by taking me to the toilet? And the other additional demand for chronic illnesses is maintaining trust and confidence, especially where recovery is not possible. This is very important for patients who communicate with um, cancer, I mean, uh, healthcare workers who communicate with cancer patients. You can imagine being told, told that you have cancer that has spread, that cannot be treated. It is, it, 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 it's going to hurt you. It's going to, like you will need support. And another way is knowing how to control symptoms. This is now, if you know that you are diabetic, knowing that if I eat a diet that is high in sugar, my blood glucose is going to go up and I may end up being admitted in hospital. If my blood glucose goes high and it's uncontrolled, I may end up having a diabetic foot. If that is not well controlled still, I may end up being amputated. So you need to know that diet plays a very important role in your condition. You need to know that being physically active will also play an important role in your condition. Maintaining social relationships and a strong support network if you have people who support you, they will remind you, mommy, have you taken your medication? Mommy, did you go to the clinic? So you need to surround yourself with people who will empower you. You need to form networks of strong support groups. And you also need to avoid social isolation. Next slide, please. Okay, now we come into adherence. The layout for this one is going to be defining adherence, factors that contribute to non-adherence, and consequences of poor adherence. Next slide, please. Uh, what is adherence to treatment? You know, in most cases, when we talk about adherence, patients think it's only about taking medication. It's not only taking medication. It's the extent to which a person's behavior corresponds with the agreed recommendations from a healthcare provider, which includes taking your medication, following a prescribed diet, and executing lifestyle changes. This includes eating a healthy life, eating a healthy diet, regular physical activity, Stopping smoking if you're a smoker, avoiding secondhand smoke, and it also includes limiting your alcohol intake. Next slide, please. So what are the factors that contribute to non-adherence? Uh, can I ask you to just take it off, um, Patrick, and we can have another session just to see if I'm on the same page with the, yeah. Thank you. Okay. Um, what do you think, um, guys, what do you think is the, the main deterrent of adherence to our patients? Sure. Uh, I, I would say just a, a, um, a lack of real understanding. Um, maybe it comes back to that same issue about where you go to a doctor and then the doctor gives you a, a, an analysis or a diet, or he looks at whatever the problem is and he tells you and you don't understand and you walk out thinking, 
What was that all about? And I, I think it's also about the the language that that is being used by doctors and so forth. Um, that the, the 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 level of of speaking is normally at a level that that the average person is not accustomed to because there's terminology and things that is being spoken. And so I'm I'm only speaking for myself, and then. Um, my head will sort of get all confused if I'm hearing all these words and I'm trying to figure out what that means and what that means. And while I'm trying to figure these things out, the doctor's talking and I just see this mouth, I just I, I just see the doctor's mouth moving as it were. But the whole time I'm sitting and I'm thinking to myself, what, what, what did he mean by um, I've, I've only got three years to live. And, and if I don't do this, then this is going to happen. In the meantime, he's saying, you must eat every day. You must eat your vegetables. And you must. Eat. But these words are just like going over my head. Um, it, it's, it, that, that, that's how it is with me. Um, uh, anybody else? I, I would, maybe it would be really great. This is a wonderful question, Rosie. Maybe somebody else would like to, to answer. If you, want, if you feel you need to answer or you have, would like to answer, um, maybe you can just switch on your, your video and switch on your audio. And I know that Thongi will have something to say here because Thongi is a very, very, very active young lady. Thongi, are you there, girl? Can you hear us? Would you like to give us a reaction? I, I, I see in the chat, um, Nzumbu says, improper self-management, yes. Following a routine of medication over time is very hard for people. It's true. Absolutely. Having to take medication. You know, you can imagine. I mean, for example, I, I also just want to ask all of us here in the group, how many times have we not completed antibiotics? Do we always complete antibiotics, for example, if you have to take antibiotics for no. seven days? Do no. we, let's be honest, I'm also guilty at times. I'm not, I'm not a fan of pills, but we know that antibiotics should be completed. Yeah. I see here, Tom also says, I sometimes don't. And we don't understand why we should complete, you know, certain, certain medication. And for example, if, if, if you are told you need to take a, a, a tablet two times a day, almost at the same time, Sometimes if you forget, you just say, oh, I'll take it the next day. Forgetting that when they say take it every 12 hours, it's because science has shown that the drug stays in the system for up to 12 hours. So if we want the drug to work, every 12 hours it should be replenished in the bloodstream. Thank you so much for your response. I think it's nice if we, I don't just talk, 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 and we, you know, we make yes. this interactive. Okay, then I think for the sake of time, can I ask that we please go back to the screen? Okay. Uh, yes, please. Next one. No, this, this one, this one is, is, is perfect. Good. Okay, so we're saying what are the factors that contribute to non-adherence? Social and economic. Can you imagine if you have a, 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 a supportive group, if you have loved ones who always remind you, did you take treatment? Are you not going to be adherent? You are, you are going to be adherent. But if you have someone who does not have someone to remind them to take treatment, they might even forget. Another thing is if you don't have food to take your tablets with the food and if you take it on an empty stomach, it makes you sick. Are you going to take it? No, you're not going to take it if you don't have food. So these are factors that contribute to non-adherence and they need to be addressed. When you give someone, when we give someone treatment, we need to ask them, are you going to be able to take this treatment? And we also need to educate patients. Tell them, this may make you sick. I'm going to give you uh, antihypertensive. Amongst the antihypertensives that I'm giving you, um, you are going to have um, pharmapress. Pharmapress may make you cough. So if you start coughing, come back to the clinic. Not just stop and say it makes me cough and not let me know. Okay, and then uh, the next, the, no, 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 same slide, yes. Patient provider, uh, provider, patient, and healthcare systems. If we have systems that are not 
patient friendly. Patient will not be will not be adherent. Um, if you have a patient that is not welcomed in the clinic, they are not going to be adherent to treatment. And then um, condition related. If you have patient a patient, I was talking about the hypo burden in TB. If you have a hypo burden, you might not take your treatment every day. You might feel, no, today I'm not feeling well. I have HIV patients who say, doctor, these tablets make me feel unwell. I stopped taking them for a month. Not understanding that stopping taking treatment will predispose you to resistance, will make the condition worse, and it may even lead to death. So that is why it's important for us as healthcare workers to explain to patients in the language that they understand and to sort of make them feel at ease to come back to us if things are not going the way they should. If they don't understand, they should be welcome to ask questions. I believe clinics should have pamphlets for patients to take home and read and ask when they come back. Therapy related, it, it also comes back to you know, taking a medication and a medication feel, makes you feel sick. Doxycycline is an antibiotic. It's, a, it's an antibiotic that if you take on an empty stomach, you will never take it again. But if you don't have information on that, you will take it on an empty stomach and you will stop taking it. And uh, now patient-related factors that I'd like to discuss in detail. Can I have the next slide, please? Okay, we were saying physical impairments and cognitive limitations. We just shared now that if you don't understand what the doctor is talking about, are you going to take your treatment? No. If you don't understand the, the disease that you're taking the medication for, are you going to take your treatment? No, you are not going to take treatment. If you don't understand the importance of the drug, if I say to you, Mr. X, you are epileptic, taking this treatment will prevent you from getting fits. Will you take the treatment? You won't. And if you feel well, what I've seen with other patients is if they feel well, they say, ah, I can be off medication because I'm feeling well. And if it, even if they go on for like a week or so without medication and they still feel well, they don't take medication. So it is still important for us to explain to patient that taking the medication will make you feel well, but stopping will take you back. So rather you continue taking the medication and if it is making you feel sick, feel uncomfort, uncomfortable, feel unwell, come back to the clinic, explain to us. If you are going to travel, truck drivers, if you're going to be out of the country for two, three months and you don't have medication, come to the clinic before your return date, explain to the sisters, explain to the doctors that you need to travel you need your medication. They will see that this patient is taking responsibility of their condition. And um, lack of motivation. If patients are not interested, they will not take care of themselves. So how can we improve you know, the motivation? We can just, you know, maybe at the clinics show videos on stories of people sharing their, you know, their medical way, medical road their illness road, sharing with us the impact of treatment. I like saying to, you know, when I talk about HIV AIDS medication, I once had a patient who consulted me and she was on a wheelchair. I treated the patient and I think about three or four weeks, I met her, I was going to visit a, a, a center where she works, she, she, where she lived. And she, drew, she came to me and she hugged me and she said, doctor, thank you so much for helping me. And I did not even remember her because I was not aware that this is the patient that came to the clinic uh, on a wheelchair because I gave her an, an explanation of what her condition is and why she should be taking her medication and the benefits of taking medication. Okay, we can go back to the, the slide. We're just about to finish. I think it's the second last slide. Uh, low self-efficacy, substance abuse. Patients need to know that if they take alcohol, it may interfere with the medication. So if you're taking medication, no alcohol, rather you 
take alcohol on an occasional basis, and even tobacco smoking may also interfere with medication. Next slide, please. So what are the consequences of poor adherence? The worsening of the condition, your condition may complicate. Hypertension, if you're not controlled, it may lead to kidney failure. It may also affect your eyes. And uh, you, also, you may also have increased comorbid disease. If you see a number of patients, once they develop hypertension, if they don't really look after themselves, they may also end up developing diabetes. <coughs> Just and then another consequence is increased healthcare costs. And finally, uh, mortality, death, if you are not very well, I mean, if you're not adhering to your treatment. Last slide, please. Okay, so in conclusion, if you are a person living with a chronic illness, you need to learn about your condition. You need to think about why you are taking the medication. You need to ask why you are taking medication. With adequate medication and uh, lifestyle changes, any condition can be controlled. Conditions can be reversed with eating a healthy lifestyle and increased physical activity. You need to track your progress as a patient. You can either use a journal and you need to lead a healthy lifestyle. What is a healthy lifestyle? Eating a balanced nutrition, um, regular physical activity, drinking water, and sleeping. Sleeping is so beneficial and a lot of people don't sleep well. An adult needs to sleep at least seven to eight hours every day to give the body the ability to recover from illnesses, to strengthen the immune system. And then you need to take your medication as prescribed. If the doctor or the sister says, take it twice a day, you need to stick to that. Three times a day, stick to that. If you forget, as soon as you remember, you take the medication. And finally, you need to find a support group. Thank you, I hope. Thank you, that is wow. all. <clears throat> Thank you very, very, very much. Thank you very much, uh, Norwazi. That was wonderful. Um, we, we've just completed our very, very, very first um, meeting, our very, very first presentation. And uh, uh, everybody present, I just want to just remind you all that we we are basically all novices when it comes to uh, to Zoom. Um, I've a lot of people have been using Zoom with business and so forth, but that hasn't been the case with me or with with Dr. Nolwazi and uh, a few of us as well. Um, so. I think it's going to get better every time that we do a presentation. Nulwazi, I think that was brilliant. I learned a lot of lessons for myself. Um, you know, the, the the previous sessions we had were, were very short and they, they, they didn't encompass as much uh, meat as what we produced here today. And so, everybody, thank you for being patient with us. And... Uh, Thank you very much for being here. And I just want to ask Cynthia Kumalo if she would like to have a final word or even Mabunsi. Uh, there we are. Here comes Cynthia. Would you like to have a final word? Yes. Here? Yes, yes. Um, yes. Um, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Putuka, for the wealth of information. Indeed, we are um, empowered. Um, I, I can say that on, on a personal level, but also as caregivers, we are empowered. I think with the information that you've just shared today, we can go out there and be able, you know, to support the patients who, you know, who rely on us, you know, for, for survival. I think to me, um, I think on behalf of, of Saopa also, as a word of, of appreciation and gratitude to, to the partners, namely the Department of Health, um, the consortium members, as well as the broader community. I think without uh, the community receiving our services, definitely wouldn't be, um, we wouldn't exist. But also to the healthcare workers, you know, um, a word of gratitude uh, to you 
um, I think those of you who have attended previous uh, debriefing uh, programs, uh, you guys have actually inspired uh, Saopa, and I think without you, you wouldn't be where we are, and uh, we sort of rely on your inspiration, you know, you know, to 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 go forward. You know, on that note, uh, thank you very much. Um, till we meet uh, tomorrow, please don't forget to join us tomorrow. There is another session that is being scheduled. Um, you, we will actually uh, uh, see you there. Thank you very much. Thank you.